Welcome to the School of Calisthenics podcast with your hosts, Tim and Jacko. This week's podcast follows on from a previous one around Do Aesthetics Matter? And we take a deep dive, uh, not just with me and Tim, but with guest Muscle Up Truda. Um, that's what she's known of on uh, on Instagram. One of the Scorecast community has got um, some very um, insightful views and experience of just this battle that we all are facing around um, around health, around fitness, around aesthetics. And um, it was great to get an insight from her and her perspective that is just broadening out from just what me and Tim had to say about it. And we get a little bit emotional at times. I mean, it's a, it's a subject that is, um, you know, is a challenge again, essentially for all of us, if we are honest with ourselves and we try to talk openly and honestly about some of these, um, some of these issues, Tim. Yeah. And she's got 25 years experience in the fitness industry, um, as a, as a instructor and a PT herself and as a ballet instructor as well. Um, and she's also had some experiences with, um, eating disorders as well, which she, she goes into a little bit of detail around that. Um, so we, we are very much open to this one saying like, it's not an easy subject to talk about and we don't have all the answers, um, but we want to have the conversation and we think more people should be engaged in, in just confronting some of the th- issues that we are seeing and experiencing in the fitness industry um in the in the pursuit of our own or improvement of our own mental health so if the particularly around the eating disorders guys we are um not experts in this area we did a podcast number 83 with harriet frew who is a um, therapist working um, specifically with people who've got eating disorders and if you need any additional help from that we would just encourage you to to seek out the right professionals um to do that but hopefully this is an enjoyable podcast challenging some of the big issues that we're all exposed to on a daily basis and we hope that we can move the conversation forwards and encourage people to be brave enough to have these conversations and to just get a little bit more honesty and integrity around the health and fitness practices that we see on social media every day and ultimately leading to a point where we have more freedom and confidence and self-esteem in our own training and in our own eating habits as I say, we said let's keep this intro short, but it's a big one and it just needs a little bit of context. So we hope that you yeah. guys enjoy this one. Sit back and enjoy it. And we just say thank you to Trudy because she's an absolute legend. Enjoy it. Yeah. Roll that jingle. So what an absolute pleasure it is to welcome Trudy onto the podcast. Long time School of Calisthenics uh community will know you very well Trude. you the, the muscle up trude absolute icon and inspiration to many so it's super exciting for us to have you back on the podcast this is your second time not many people get a second visit so you are in, in, a, in a very prestigious group of people thank you i really appreciate it i'm very honored to be back in your podcast so thank you our pleasure and we're actually really excited for this one so it's a, a part two from a podcast that Jacko and I did um, a while back about do aesthetics matter and that was one that you had listened to and then got in touch with us with some some really interesting and, and what we thought were, were really important points to share with with the wider audience um, and, and you bring in a very different perspective from where, where Jacko and I have been in, in the past and our experience of this so before we dive into that Trudy, just give a little bit of an introduction to your yourself a bit about your story so people know a bit more who you are and where you're coming from yeah so I live in Norway um, and my profession is I work in the fitness industry and I have been working here for 25 uh, years 
Um, I'm educated a ballet teacher, but I found the fitness industry uh, really interesting and it's, it was a very good place for me to be. So that has been my full-time job since uh, 1995. It's actually scary to say that out loud. It's a long time. Um, so yeah, and I, and I work uh, with, uh, it's a fitness chain. So we have several centers uh, in the middle of Norway and we have about yeah 43,000 members uh, as of today so you've seen a lot of people come and go through various forms of fitness over the years and um through ballet and and, and your experience there as well when 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 you listen to the podcast around um around aesthetics just start us off by by telling us a little bit about your initial thoughts because you shared some really important things which which we'll dive into in some more detail but um just how do you kind of view the current state of where we're at in the fitness industry around whether this this conversation of does aesthetics matter and how should that be seen um appropriately and how we go about training eating living um whilst being in it as part of this industry? Yeah. First of all, I just want to say that these are my uh, personal observations and, and thoughts uh, based upon uh, being here for some years. And uh, I have really high respect for everyone out there who are trying to sell health and fitness to people. So I just want to let that be really clear before I, I go into anything. And... Um, yeah, because it's, it's a delicate uh, theme and uh, I am also a bit emotional about it. So in no disre- disrespect for anyone, uh, just so, so you know. Um, but I feel that if, if we can take the fitness industry as one and that in, just include uh, everyone working with it, if it's in the center or if it's uh, on social media, um, I think that the, the biggest challenge for us now is to reach out and be able to motivate because the distance between uh, active and non-active people, I, I'm afraid it's getting uh, just bigger and bigger and that we are maybe selling something that is hard to achieve for many. Um, I don't know about the numbers in England, but I think uh, Norway, Sweden, Denmark, most of Europe actually, we know that only uh, barely 30% of the population uh, are fulfilling, um, uh, are qualified to be called healthy as to what is recommended from the, uh, from the directorate of health or what you can call it. Uh, so that means that most of us are not active at all. And when we know that it's a fitness center on every corner, at least here in Norway, there are so many ways you can be active. Uh, I, I question why, I wonder why. So I feel that we are at some, some point we are missing. And if it comes to aesthetics or if it comes to what we are trying to sell or um, that yet is, uh, I have no answer, but I think it's a very, uh, interesting thing to discuss yeah no for mm. sure the, like coming off the effectively this conversation has to come off as tim said that uh, do aesthetics matter if, if we had a great response from that from a lot of people that's podcast 136 if you haven't listened to it we do recommend um 
having a listen to that and we'll put the link in the show notes for that for people um but when uh, you've posed like a uh, a bit of a different question for me that when we were discussing do aesthetics matter and we were talking about things around like health becoming uh, being more important than than how we look and what we can do with our bodies being more important than just aesthetically how they look because we might not actually be doing a number of healthy practices with our with our training with our with our eating with our just our, our mindset potentially um, even if we can look a certain way but the idea that um, the health and fitness industry what it is even though it seems to have like if I think to when I was a when I was a kid, it was it was just sportsmen and women was the like people that you'd look up to. There wasn't really anything else. It was like football players and rugby players and, and athletes and, and what have you. Whereas what you're starting to make me think about what is, is interesting is that how the health and fitness industry seems to have like absolutely boomed. And yet, as you're saying, that the, we're not necessarily seeing a... Uh, a healthier nation or um well you know where, where you are it's the same here and i know um like some of those rates in uh, for obesity and things in the uk in america like it's it's not great reading and the idea that the aesthetic side of things from that original conversation being like are people being put off by it i think it's really is it actually rather than thinking that we are uh inspiring people and encouraging people to to try and work out and and be healthy and 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 be fit that potentially there's a there's a conflict there where we're actually doing the opposite we're putting people off yeah yeah i think it's uh i think that is uh could be a a really a point to look into um i mean people are uh (laughs) we are lazy by nature um, and the evolution uh, has gone so fast. If you go way back, way, way back, we were like huntsmen. And what we did we, when we were active, it was because we needed food or we, or we had to uh, uh, protect uh, our camp. And once we have uh, eaten, and we, then we had to save all our energy. So uh, as for now, uh, we don't have to do anything active to get our food. Uh, mm. We don't have to do anything active to stay alive. Uh, and when we know that we are actually, people are lazy by nature and we try to find shortcuts into um, what we can call happiness, uh, that will not click very well together because we know that a good, healthy life is not something you can just take a shortcut into. That is a lifelong change. So. Uh, when we are trying to motivate people who really enjoy being still uh, and uh, you know we spend many times in front of our computers and TVs and uh, you can just click home whatever you want to buy you don't have to Mm -hmm. go to the store anymore we have lately we have started with homeschool so so the activity just keeps getting um, um, lower and lower yeah. um, and at the same time as you said the, the fitness industry is, is like you say it's been a boom it's been bigger uh, it's available for more people you have uh, um, 
uh, Instagram and social media where everyone now can be a PT, a personal trainer and sell um, fast uh, ways to um, a happier life. And what that is could be for some could be uh, I want a six pack and for some that could be I want to lose 10 pounds or for some that could be, you know, whatever. And mm. um, uh, I think the, the biggest challenge is to sell these things in the correct way so that we don't um, make people fall into um, that we don't uh, lure them. Is that correct to say? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you have expectations uh, as a buyer of a product. And once you see that this is not working, uh, I cannot do this, uh, I am a failure, uh, you just start to feed up on all the negative thoughts uh, that, again, is linked into fitness so that fitness and training equals something negative. And then it's easier to just take two steps back and say, no, but that is not for me. Yeah, I think there's some really, there's some stuff in here that when, when we were um, preparing for this, Jack and I spoke about it and it's, um, I'm conscious that this is what I would call a grenade that he's going to chuck in and, and it might just explode. And <laughs> Do you mean you've, if you've got a grenade, do you mean, or it, it already I've is one? A, I've got a thought grenade, Jacko. Oh, let's call it that. It's good. I was, um, well, what was going to be right? I was going to go, this is going to get juicy. I can tell when it's, it's, then it's good, good. this is going to get juicy. That's all what was going through my head. My, well, the, my worry about this is I haven't 100% formulated this argument and discussion in my mind as to how I'm going to verbalize it. Um, but it's pretty raw. So that's maybe sometimes where the best discussions are going to come from. Um, a number of different points, and then you guys can just come back and, and, and share your thoughts. A lot of what happens in the fitness industry, is, as you say, Intruder, is is being um, shown on social media by people that, that have been in the game and found their corner of the fitness industry for a very long time. So when they are posting, let's say, scantily clad, uh, minimal clothing, tops off photos as a inspirational for, for the reasons of inspiration or potentially for the reasons of their own personal self-esteem, which is something I want to come on to later on. That's telling often people that are in really good shape have been doing it for so long, for such a long time. And people can look at Jack and I, and, and I've been training and lifting weights since I was a bit, not very good at it to start off with, but let's say around 18, 17, 18, 16 years old. I'm 40 this year. Um, so my physique is whatever it is, and you can make your own judgment as to whether you think it's a good one or not. I don't really care. Is, is the, the, the story of many, many years. And that's one of the reasons why I'm very intentional these days about when I post stuff on our, on our platform that I, we do so much stuff with shirts on. It's an intentional move that I don't want to be what I'm sharing. I don't want it to be about what I look like because for someone coming into calisthenics from day one or any form of fitness could look at what I look like. And, and if we're not careful, it becomes very confused of me selling you, this is what calisthenics is going to do for you. Mm. But the fact is like, I've been doing this for years and do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I just I think there's a little bit disingenuous of the fitness industry where people are promoting a lie by in a, in a it's not a lie, but it's 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 misleading in an attempt to pro probably elevate their own self esteem and self worth. Yeah. There's my grenade. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think that um, uh, 
we have where I work, we have dress code. You cannot wear whatever you like uh, in our gyms because we want the focus to be on the activity, not on the how you look. So, so no one is allowed to take their shirts off in our gyms. Um, uh, you should wear a t-shirt and you should wear uh, tights or a short. And uh, it probably should be the same on, on social media that be because people are showing, showing off, look what I uh, made with my body. It's not look what I can do with my body. Of course, you have both of them. But um, once you start to sell the aesthetics instead of the function of the of a movement or the benefits of being healthy that's two very different uh, things and uh, we have to remember that uh, our motivation for training uh, uh, or moving or trying to fit into a certain uh, uh, like you want to belong to a certain group you want to identify yeah. with with the, those people who look like that when you are 16, 17, your motivations uh, are so different from when, when you are 20 and 30 and 50 and 60 years old. Uh, but we are trying to talk to all of these people at the same time with, with very few words, if you know what I mean. So I think that uh, telling a 20-year-old a, uh, uh, kid who wants to build muscles, if you use the, let, let's see, the wrong, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, like giving the wrong impression almost. Yeah, you're using the wrong, um, uh, um, oh, I can't find the word, but yeah, you're using the wrong, you're, you're creating an impression that gives out, um, uh, if you if you if you do this, that equals a result. With that's the answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, yeah and, the and wrong. You have to like remember it. who are listening to what you are saying, and if you are a person uh, with great credibility, uh, and uh, you know that you are reaching out to many many people, you need to also remember that who are your listeners, and you have no idea through social media. You have no idea who your listeners are and where they are uh, in their journey in life. So, um, and we all have this urge to, to belong to, to someone. It, might, it helps us navigate in the community. Uh, we all need the, the stimuli and the confirmation and you know, the high five and the, someone telling you you're doing good. And if your motivation is uh, sparked by, let's say the, the wrong people, that sounds really bad, but I have, uh, my vocabulary is, is stopping me a bit here. But do you see where I'm going? Yeah. So I, I think this is, yeah, no, you're doing, you're doing great. And I, I'll let Jacko jump in on this in a second. I just wanted, there's one point I just wanted to make was, um, this is where we've got this, um, a potential, uh, like conflict almost of where I'm going to try and verbalize this, this, this idea of, of, as you say, where you focus on what you can do and you are peaceful in your own skin uh, and you're doing it because you want to do it because you reach that kind of, I was, I was looking at um, some stuff around Maslow's hierarchy of needs today 
And it's this point of being comfortable in, in who you are and you've, you can go off and be the best version of yourself. Where I think social media is making this very difficult for us in the yeah. fitness industry or for people is you can be striving to look like somebody from a physical perspective, but then we are we are setting ourselves up on, on the comparison and our self-esteem. And, and this is where I think people that have been training a certain way for 20 years and look a certain way, that doesn't help people who are trying to get in and be like other people. And as you say, Trude, they're trying to be part of a demographic or a community or they're trying to be like somebody else because they have them as, as role models. Mm. And I think that's where the, the real sort of me, for me, the, the outward I am looking a certain way from a physical perspective might look quite healthy if you want to call it that, depending on, on what people are doing. But the mental battle behind that, that no one sees and no one talks about, about why I train like that and, and what happens when I train and I compare myself to all these people who are 20 years ahead of me, mm. what is the negative impact of that? Because even as somebody who's been in the fitness industry for a long time, I still suffer with those demons of comparing myself to other people. Mm. I've just probably got to a point of, of maturity and and to be fair, a stage in my life where I don't care that much anymore yeah. because it's not what's important to me. That's one but of the as benefits a, of getting older, I think. Yeah, <laughs> you that care happens, less. doesn't it? Yeah. As... <laughs> yeah, it does. They say you get older and wiser. I say you get older and more, care, not careless, but you're like, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, you don't care. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Careless, yeah. Or not, yeah. You don't, you're not worried about other people's opinions potentially so much. That could probably not change so much. That. Um, yeah I guess it's just this battle between what you physically look like and what happens in your head and and that's yeah. something that we've talked about before and around I've got I'm, I've been fairly open before about my I would say issues like it's not debilitating but I have I have a constant battle around male dysmorphia mm. and what I look like mm. um, and that is what I find is that when I consume too much content from other people who in my perception look better than I do, mm. it's not good for my head. It's really bad for my head. Mm. And it starts to influence the decisions that I make. So, I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we are, we are, we are easily inflated. I mean, that's, that's how we are. People are easy to, to inflate. And, but I think the, the, the thing that, is need, that needs to be talked about is like what is, what is physical health as up to mental health. And like you say, you can say, um, you can have this picture of this uh, uh, person who looks like uh, has figured it all out. Uh, you never know what's uh, what's behind the mask. Yeah. And no, like you say, the demons uh, uh, on their shoulders. Uh, I think that we have many more numbers of people who are uh, having a daily battle um, with. Uh, training and body issue than uh, we are talking about. And uh, it's not like you can take your head off and put it under your arm and just keep going. Uh, your head is with you all the time and it will be a constant reminder uh, and it will be a constant voice telling you stuff, whether it's positive or negative things. Uh, and like you say, we are always uh, reading, you must be the best version of yourself. I mean, what is that? Does it mean that you have to be better than you were yesterday every day? I mean, when are you going to, when are you going to rest and have a, have a break? Uh, be a part of the society, being a good colleague uh, and being along 
with each other because I think um, as for I have a son now he is, he's a millennium kid he's born in 2000 and I have one born in 2004 and I think that the difference between uh, they growing up and me growing up or us growing up is that late, lately we are telling our kids um, that you can become something special and you can become something uh, you can you can be whatever you want to do you can do whatever you want to do there's the sky's the limit you know uh, instead of emphasizing the importance of you are going to be a part of a community where you're going to interact with several people and you're going to be a good person with good um, uh, values yeah 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 uh, instead of everyone wants to be their own rock star. So again, we are telling, if I told my son that you can become whatever you want and he discovers, no, I can't because I am not good enough to become whatever I want. What, what did I then tell him? Mm. Yeah, I think that there's, there's so much, well, there's so much in all of this, but there's so much yeah. like his has changed and so much I think like one word came to mind when you were talking through some of that was like pressure like almost like the amount of of pressure that's on us now through whether that's need to as you said we need to be the best version of ourselves or whether it's from feeling like they, there's so many other people that we need to look like or whatever that may be yeah. um, as Tim was mentioning and that's just something I'd mentioned like before around like when and I'm not that old what am I 38 but when I think back to when, as I said before, like when he was younger, there wasn't really like fitness was a totally different thing. When you talk about like the, just going back to the clothing side of things, I remember we would literally pick up the oldest, crappiest T-shirt I had and like crappy old shorts to go to the gym because you knew that you were just going to get them sweaty and dirty and horrible and messed up, whatever. Yeah. Like that's what the sort of that's that was normal like it would and whereas it's i don't know how it changed probably gradually over time but like now there's a full it's like it, you know it can be like a full it's a full different type area of your wardrobe if you want it to be of like Absolutely. gym I mean, gear train, so that was interesting training has gym be, uh, wear has become big fashion mm. Mm. and i think that has that has a that has a big effect and it adds just to the, everything that you were saying to him about when you people's perceptions but and like I've, I, the elephant in the room being um I, I probably have had my shirt fall off a couple more times um when it's just been too hot but um there was <laughs> and it just uh, there was a i had a message there was a message the other day from someone that said like oh actually i, I like i'm jealous of your your body or your physique whatever and i've replied laughing like i said you know you don't you don't want to know how many old show, how many old rugby injuries that I have that like can cause pain on a. Do you know what I mean like you yeah. don't know the backstory of of what's gone on before? So actually, if you want all my broken bones as well, then like I'm just telling you, you don't want them. Um, right. But that's. Do you know what I mean that's that's just that, that whole mix of like. Um, and no, we've me and Tim have talked about our old injuries uh, many times. It's not like it's something we don't. It's not like we don't hide that or anything, but I just think, yeah, just to yeah. bring in that, like, not knowing um, what someone else has gone through or been through is is important, and it's therefore important that people are honest about 
what it is that they're doing because you could throw into the mix like for the guy on the guy side things you can throw into the mix that people are you know when we, when we were younger we wanted to like Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, everyone mm. knew he was taking steroids but for some reason you still thought that you could probably do it even if you weren't but like the, the like, steroid abuse is like I don't want to go down that necessarily that route now <laughs> but like that do you mean genuinely that's a big thing isn't it and like yeah. um it's 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 crazy and it's sad and the sad thing is what it's doing to all of our like all of our minds from a from a health perspective and how we see and perceive ourselves and I know Trudy you yeah. put in your your email to us about you know the, the negative effects that this can have on our our minds um, and and how that can affect like you know put us down into eating disorders and that sort of stuff would you be happy just to share a little bit of insight from your past experience on that and how Absolutely. you know how you, you how now that affects what you try and you know obviously that's affecting how you try to approach yourself and what you are doing in your life and to those around you mm. well first of all the I, I just wanted to 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 add up to your comment um jacko about yeah. how how we complement each other so if you are posting this really cool movement and someone says, wow, great abs. I'm like, didn't you just see what I did? <laughs> <laughs> and we are, but that is how we complement each other. And, and I was thinking the other day, what is the best compliment you can give someone? Or what is the best compliment that I feel like I have received? Mm. And that has nothing to do with how I look. Yeah. Yeah. But the, but the, the terms has, uh, is always about how the appearance uh, of someone is. And we are very quickly to, to judge by how people look. And we, and we create this story about a person, why he, he or her uh, looks the way they look. So, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, we probably uh, and we probably don't. To, to even that, if we know them, we probably don't actually know the full no. story of that. And then, as you said, like the brain and the mind is very powerful and can be it goes together very it goes positive, together. but it can be very negative, and it can send you yeah. in all sorts of different directions on different days yeah. for sure. Yeah, yes, yeah, so I was doing my my ballet teacher education, and in 1994, we were sent to do a job in during the Olympics in Lillehammer. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I remember so clearly we were taking the train from my hometown and down to Lillehammer and uh, uh, on that trip I decided I'm going to spend these 14 days in Lillehammer and I'm going to try to uh, uh, not eat uh, so much sugar and uh, try to be a little more healthy. Uh, and I did, so I started to just cut out um, sweets, um, uh, sugar, whole, uh, sodas with sugar like Coke, uh, drinks like that. Uh, and, um, and it worked. I mean, I, it wasn't that hard. Uh, we had a good time in Lillehammer, uh, and I decided to just um, keep on this new uh, trend when uh, I come home. And uh, our days were like, I was a full-time student, and we had some 
theoretical uh, um, classes, but we had many classes where we were training. So it was hard physical work uh, every day. Uh, in addition to, I was an aerobics instructor, I don't remember, but um, two or three uh, evenings um, after school. So my energy uh, level was, I was, I was uh, in constant movement. So of course, when I started to cut back and, and, and create this diet, I started to lose weight. Uh, and I remember one of my uh, teachers uh, from the United States, um, she commented, wow, you look really skinny and beautiful. And those two words uh, kind of went hand in hand. Uh, and uh, that triggered something in me to continue and start to cut even more back on the food. So eventually my lunch would be like uh, one tomato and maybe an apple. And also at the time I started to smoke. So uh, uh, for those who have been smoking, you know that that can be a substitute for when you get cravings. Uh, and I did, uh, I, I continued this um, new uh, lifestyle for some time and uh, at one, one point uh, and the funny thing was that my energy level was actually high uh, all the time and uh, I was able to really um, uh, do better in classes uh, I don't know why because uh, it, it makes no sense but um, they say that you get this extra gear when you are so focused and you know this is a mental thing just so we get that clear uh, so I could push myself really really hard and I felt like I'm unbreakable I can I, I'm like wow I'm this super human until that day where I just became so hungry I was so hungry and um, and I broke my own rule and that was the beginning of many years with uh, bulimia um, and, uh, well, this was just from a, uh, a fixed idea. I, there's no trauma, there's no sad story behind my eating disorder. So with full respect for anyone who has eating disorders, there can be so many reasons why, uh, why you want to control something, the need to be in control. Uh, when you cannot control stuff in life, it's easy to take control over the one thing that you, you really can control, and that is your food and what you allow yourself to eat. So I was never, um, my motivation was never uh, based on a, uh, some, some trauma in my life. It was just a fixed idea that got really out of hand. Uh, and I was so disappointed uh, over myself when I couldn't keep up with my strict regime anymore. So I started to figure out ways to get rid of the food. Um, and it escalated really, really fast. So, um, and I'm telling you down that road, there is nothing funny going on. I mean, it's a really sad place to be. Uh, you cut out friends. Um, you um, take very uh, distance from your family because 
of course, my mother and father uh, could tell something was going on, but I was not living with them. I was living in the same town, but I was not living under their roof. So they could not pay attention to what I was doing. I was living on my own uh, uh, at this time. Um, so my, my best friend, she called my mother and she told my mother that I think, uh, I think that Truda has uh, big issues with her eating. So that was actually when it started to be a theme. And uh, um, as for a parent, trying to fix their kid with an eating disorder is, uh, uh, I think it's uh, almost impossible because the more people wanted to talk about this, the bigger distance I took away from them. They were just, uh, they became a problem for me to living my life, how I, uh, needed it to be not necessarily how I wanted it to be but what I needed to be in this uh, state of control um, and it's and it takes up all of your time really um, it's a constant thing that you think about um, before during after practice uh, before you go to bed the feeling of being hungry was a good feeling um, everything gets so mixed up in your head, you don't even know uh, what is controlling uh, your thoughts or your actions. Um, so uh, I moved from my hometown in 95, and that is when I started to work uh, at the, where I work now. And the woman who hired me, uh, she took me into her office one day and had a talk with me. And she said she was really, really clear in her, um, uh, in her, the way she spoke to me. And, and she was like, uh, I know your struggle and I feel bad for you, but I have a business to run. If you want to work here, you need to put on some weight because you are selling um, you are selling uh, training and good health and you are not uh, walking the talk. So uh, that was a kind of a motivation for me because <clears throat> I did not want to lose my job. Uh, my, it was very important for me to have this community. I, uh, I, uh, I have always been really, really uh, fond of my, my work and my colleagues and the whole the whole thing about working in the fitness industry. So uh, for me, the actual change started when, um, when she came to me with her thoughts. And at the same time, I met up with a girl who had done a fitness uh, competition. So I decided to go from one extreme to another. <laughs> Actually, it was a way to, it was a way for, for me to change focus. So uh, in order to gain some more muscles, I had to, uh, I had to uh, make changes. So uh, I made deals with myself. I also had some good friends that I could call when I felt like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling I'm going to... Um, I'm gonna break. I'm gonna to go to the store. Can you come and get me? Can we go to, can we go to a movie or go to uh, take a coffee or something? So my friends kind of knew where I was at, 
Um, and of course, it was not a quick fix, but it was for me a way out of it was actually to to gain uh, muscles. And uh, yeah, like I said, one extreme to another. Uh, but eventually, um, I met my husband, uh, and I got pregnant. And for me, the biggest change is when the focus is taken away from me. I have to take care of someone else. It's not just me anymore. So that was probably the biggest. Uh, that was when I really, really was able to uh, change uh, my focus and really feel like uh, I'm, I may hurt the baby if I continue to live the way I live because it was... Uh, I was I was still strict and my training regime was still very strict uh, and I always had this deals with myself that, okay I'm going to eat this but then I'm going to go and train it's like if I knew there was a party at the night I go but then I had to eat so it was always like a still a battle uh, and uh, if uh, someone uh, interrupted that could be really frustrating for me. But as time went by, it was easier and easier to... Uh, well, the distance between me and the bulimia became bigger and bigger. So, um, but yeah. And that was just... I, I, I had this uh, idea I wanted to fit into a Levi's size 28. That was a, a, a one of the... Um, one of my motivations and I, I when I think back it's really really crazy because I was living quite near uh, the centrum of my city where all the shopping centers and stuff were so I used to go down to this store where I had, um, one of my uh, friends was working there and once a week I went down there I didn't buy but I tried the size 28 <laughs> to see if it could fit and one day it fit and I didn't feel any happiness. I, was, I wasn't done. It was like, okay, now I have reached my goal. It was just, no. So like I said, there's nothing cool down that alley, really. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Julie. I think there's, um, there's something for me as, it, as you were talking through around, people listen to it, and obviously, as you say, you went to a, to a pretty extreme um, place with it. Um, but I think one thing that doesn't get spoken around enough within fit the fitness industry is the the number of people that are um, living and operating with obsessive behaviors and addictive behaviors around training and we see that quite regularly and it's it's sort of train hard and it's almost like you can justify then going and eating whatever you want to eat mm -hmm. but you've got to train hard and I just I, I think there's a there's an issue there around not having a particularly positive relationship between just general health around those things. And and look, I don't want to be the sort of person who like you live the life that you want to live. I'm not going to tell you that it's wrong. Um, it's up to you on, on, on the decisions that you make, mm. but where it does, where I do think it's, it's, it needs questioning is where the portrayal and the perception of that from other people, how does it affect other people? Uh, because we put it on social and people with big followings are then influencing others. Um, and I don't always, how many times do, do you often do you see people with this using their social media to say, to be honest about this sort of stuff, to go, I'm addicted to training. And if I don't train, I end up in a really bad place or I'm obsessive about my food or I'm obsessive about this, that, and the, I'm all wrapped up in what it, we, are, we are supposed to be saying is health and fitness. Mm. 
but being addicted and obsessive is not a healthy thing. It's not good for, for, for our mental well-being. It's not good for anything. Yeah, really? and occasionally I see people pop up on social. There's, there's, um, um, there's a couple of accounts that occasionally get shared where you've got sort of people who are or models or, or, or taking photos and they show what actually happens behind the camera, not the airbrushed photos, not yeah. the, the ones where the lighting's perfect. And I'm like, I celebrate that yeah. because that, that is the most important thing that we can be doing to show people that what you see and what we project out is actually a mirage and everything else or, or the actual story is far, far different. Yeah. Um, but what is really, really sad is that we have come to this place where we actually have to show, no, 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 this picture is actually with filters and uh, lightning and whatever. This picture is the truth. I mean, that we even have come to this place where we need to address that. It's like this scares the shit out of me because, I mean, when, and it has snuck upon us so silent <laughs> in such a short time. I, it's, it's not many years ago that I discovered um, Instagram and Snapchat. So I'm like, when did this even happen? That, that it has come to this uh, place where we have to address the truth. Mm. I think it's just sad, actually. Uh, but yeah, I agree. It's important that we do show that the, the the true side of uh, of what we what we look like, and that I mean, the most important thing is to be to have a body that works, to be healthy. And for me, as in, in my age, of course, my motivation for training and being healthy is is really different from when I was young, uh, as it should be. I think we just have to acknowledge and be really really careful when we are selling training to young people. My son does not care about if he can sit on the floor one day to play with his grandchildren. I mean, that is so far away from him. Uh, and I think that it's okay that, that, that you at one time are motivated by appearance and aesthetics, but we also need to be really, really honest about what, uh, what is likely to achieve within an amount of time and that training actually should be a lifestyle uh, that you uh, pay uh, some attention as you pay some attention to your work you pay some attention to your friends if 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 you're training and you uh, and your ego is everything then you are uh, in a bad place you are too self uh, um, absorbed you need to you need to find someone you can take care of i think at that point you need to, to lift your head up and see okay does anyone need my assistance is can i go to the grocery store for someone uh, is there a kid with special needs that i can be a friend to um i think that is very often a good solution to take your head out of your own um ego we have we have so much time on our hands uh like, like before we did, we, our, we had to do things um, out of duty. And now we do things because we want to. We have so much time. And we have so much time to, to, to really um, uh, worship, if that is the right word. Um, uh, the cred that we can get uh, on social media. But it's also a place where you really can dig really, really down if you 
don't get the cred you were hoping for. Like the, 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 the distance between us um, is getting bigger because we are less together, we are less interactive with each other, we are on different platforms uh, speaking fairy tales to each other. Uh, and uh, at some point I feel like we are screaming, everyone are screaming, look at me, <laughs> look at me, look what I can do. And there's not room for any for everyone. So I, it's, and I don't have, it's like, we don't have all the answers and it's okay to not have all the answers, but I think we need to understand that this is a problem. Yeah. And by understanding and acknowledging that there is a problem is the first step yeah. to being able to then actually do something about it. And like what you're saying about perspective um, and, and a lot of the big message that I'm hearing coming across is that, you know, all the, a lot of the stuff that we mention around, aesthetics and how people are looking and comparing themselves is all these things are actually they're not related to to health and when you wherever any time you start you you use that like that health side of it that health tone and go well what is actually healthy and go in and i know it's a good example with like your son saying when we're when he's young he's not worried about what he's going to be like when he's older but there is that there is that time when and there is that period where as you get older that it that does become more important things do change and getting mm. getting the idea that like health and fitness like actually what actually are you doing things that are going to help you be healthier and that incorporates everything training is one element of that but that incorporates yeah everything about what you are doing with and to your what body you and your mind your yeah life. exactly and i think that yeah. for me the big encouragement i'm taking is you know to to keep pressing into that what what are we doing to to make ourselves healthy and what are we able to try and do to help other people um become healthy as well and calisthenics can be one yeah. part of that vehicle uh, for a number of good reasons that we've talked about in the past um but it's yeah. it's trying to trying to portray that it as much as possible it definitely takes away when you train when you train calisthenics it definitely takes away the uh, the focus on the on, on on how your body looks for sure. I heard so many saying the exact same thing about training calisthenics, because it's not about the size of your muscle or the how big your booty is or whatever. It's about what your what your body is capable of doing. So, but of course, aesthetics it does matter. We are we are growing up in a society where everything is based on aesthetics. And not just body aesthetics, but like uh, architecture, history. Uh, from birth, you get a blue balloon or you get the pink balloon. Disney movies, what are they telling us about aesthetics? Uh, political view. So everything, everything you're trying to express, you express through aesthetics before you open your mouth. And it it helps us navigate and it helps us find uh, our place. Uh, and it's also something you can play with. I mean, uh, when I was 15, 16, I was like, uh, I wanted to be a fly girl, hip hop. <laughs> so I, I dressed like I meant I was supposed to dress. And then I had another period of time where I just went with uh, black tights and a huge sweater because I had my, uh, my back brace for my scoliosis. Mm -hmm. So it's allowed, I mean, you can change, you can uh, be creative, 
try different stuff, be on a search and it's okay to, to go from one thing to another. But the, the minute you start to think that, okay, they are happier than me because they look like that, or uh, he is probably happier than me because he has got the, that car, that once we start to connect happiness with aesthetics, I think we are going the wrong, the wrong way. Trude, that's been amazing. Thank you so much for your honesty and, um, and sharing your opinion and, and perspective on, on some of this stuff. And, and I, it just strikes me as what you said before is like we don't have the answers. But um, the thing I've just written down in my notebook whilst we were talking was bravery. And a lot of this stuff we are talking about um, requires people to be brave, to not feel like they've got to show only the positive things or try and keep up with the, the comparison um, against other people. Um, and I, and I hope that people hear this as a brave conversation from us of wanting to have this this discussion without knowing what the perfect answer is and, and not at all coming to trying to come at it from a judgmental perspective. I mean, not I've been in this place before where I've I've strived for aesthetics. I've strived to look like other people and I've beaten myself up over it and I've been addicted to training and I've been obsessive about what I eat. Like I've come through that stage now and that's where I think when we go back to that point about being the best version of yourself, um, it, that's so difficult when you're comparing yourself to other people because mm -hmm. you're not trying to be the best version of yourself. You're trying to be the, a similar version to somebody else. Yeah. And as you say, that's never going to lead to a, to a good place. Yeah. So thank you so much for your, for your time and, and coming on. And I'm going to trust Trude. We're going to, we're <laughs> going to roll the dice that you know how to wrap up the podcast Sometimes we have to do a little edit, but you, uh, you, you're on the, you're in the, you're in the know. So I think we're going to, we're going to just roll with it, but, um, thank you so much again. And, um, yeah, we, we, we massively appreciate your time, um, and, uh, for joining us. So until next week. Class dismissed. So thank you so much again for listening. We don't take it lightly that you uh, give up probably an hour of your time to listen to these podcasts, and we really do appreciate that. We hope you got a lot of value out of it, guys, and we would, if you did, we would love you to do a couple of things for us. One of them is tell other people and share it if you thought that we were adding some value, and also if you want to, pop over to iTunes or wherever you're listening to this and give us a five-star review. We like five stars. Four stars not as good. Keep it five stars. are the best. Five of your best stars, please. <laughs> and if you would like to find out more about the School of Calisthenics and see the best of everything that we have got, head over to our virtual classroom. You can access it from the website at schoolofcalisthenics.com. And that is where we have got literally, possibly, the best calisthenics resource available anywhere in the world. It's definitely the best one we've done. And on that note, until next week, class dismissed. <laughs>